You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Let's start with impeachment number two. How are we doing up on the hill today with this uh, this sham impeachment? How's it going up there? You, Bruce, you've been following it. What's going on? Oh, the arguments that they're putting forward saying uh, why the impeachment should, uh, or not the impeachment, but the actual um, voting to um, convict him, right, this, in the Senate, um, and why this should continue on, and that, that this is... Um, uh, the arguments they're putting forward, they're, they're picking and choosing. They're, they're cherry picking and pulling things out of this. This is one of the things that irritates me about Christians. They pull things out of the Bible, out of context. It's a very similar thing to what the Democrats are doing right now and creating their own narrative by pulling things out of context. And they're saying, well, look at this specific sentence here in the Constitution. See, now it says we can impeach and uh, convict a president, but they have to be the president. They have to, uh, when you impeach them, it has to be for treason for or, or the removal, right? It's like treason, high crimes, and misdemeanors. That's the level of stuff you're supposed to be going for to remove a president. He's not a president anymore. He's a, he's a citizen. So now this goes to the criminal courts. And what are you going to charge him for? Peacefully go and protest, make your voice heard? Well, it seems to be the... Uh... Uh, the thing now, so it's it, now it's it's a matter of turning him into uh, persona non grata. But I, I honestly I don't think that that's that's going to work. See, what people don't understand is, and this this plays to the larger issue of not just Trump. It's not Trump that's being impeached here. In reality, this is what's happening. The American people are being impeached here. Now, whether you like Trump or whether you don't like Trump, that's not in question here. What's in question is, is if you voted, if you voted or worse than that, if you believe in what America stands for, that's what's on trial here. That's what's being impeached. It's not Trump. They don't care about Trump. They care about what Trump represents. It's the idea. It's what he stands for that they can't stand. So they think by doing this, that's somehow going to... uh, I mean, here's the problem. They, they think this is somehow going to fix it but it's and make it go away. It's not. This is somehow going to scare people. No, you're just going to make people more mad because these people that are doing this, the, the main drivers behind this, they're still stuck in the past. They're stuck in the past because this is all they know how to do. This is all that's been done in the past. They don't know how to actually get rid of that idea. They haven't figured that part out yet. The way you actually get rid of that idea is to step aside. That's how you get rid of that idea. It's not a matter of squashing it. it. It's a it's step aside. Get out of the way. Get behind me. I agree with the left and saying they don't like how he stands. Right. Because um, I don't like how he stands either. His posture is terrible. If you've looked at him. <laughs> His posture is <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a photo out there that's circulating and it says it's I don't know if it's a if it's a joke, if it's photoshopped or, or what. I'm just saying that it's circulating and it's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi sitting in the Oval Office. But there's a little bit of a problem with it. The corner of the wall behind Joe Biden there's a gap that's about that far in it, and you can actually see through it. 
and the meme is is there, there's like somebody's gone a little bit further with it. They've turned it into like this GIF file where Trump slides it open and he starts dancing with it. <laughs> His posture is just <laughs> terrible when he's dancing in there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but it, look, this is the same type of thing that's going on with Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. You know what's mm-hmm. interesting about Mike Lindell? He has uh, he made a pillow. Aside from the fact that he made a pillow, yes, GP. Aside from the fact that he made it, yeah. Aside from the fact he's got a he's got a mustache, yeah. He has also decided to take on this uh, this idea of this election fraud. Now, I'm I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm I'm simply talking about what he's discussing in his in his documentary that's out now. And companies have dropped him. They they've dropped him. And now he's being targeted by all these corporations to get rid of his product and and uh, all of this. And this is again, this is the other thing. It's not Mike Lindell they're going after. It's every single person that does business or wants to do business that believes in America. And more than that, believes in free and fair elections. Forget the whole America side of it. It's free and fair elections. I find it funny that they seem to think that by bankrupting him, uh, then that, or, or excuse me, by dropping business with him, that's somehow going to bankrupt him. In fact, I read a report today and I heard people come out today that are associated with him and said his business has actually increased fivefold since he's been dropped. He said last week, Lindell said last week that the companies that dropped him, rather that's Walmart, Bed Bath & Beyond, Kohl's, all the rest of them, mm-hmm. the companies that dropped him, he says they're the ones that are going to be the real losers in all of this. They're going to lose all that business. They're going to lose those those customers, not him. He's still offering 66% off of most of his inventory. Now, if he's in dire straits, if he's in the process of being bankrupted, well, you're not going to offer massive discounts to everybody. You're going to be looking to, to make as much profit as possible in order to keep yourself afloat. Well, that's so, probably how much he sold it to these companies for. Because remember, these these major retailers buy their products at significantly discounted prices. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. Anyway, GP, it's nice of you to, to, to chime in on that. You're joining us mm-hmm. today from your uh, your new office location. How is it? Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm on a nice, comfortable bed of well, as you can see. Oh, what is is, is that a ballot? <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a ballot? <laughs> I'm in Skid Row. This is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, wait a minute. This is a ballot from my uncle. He's been he's voted Republican his whole life, but now that he's dead, it looks like he's voting Democrat. All right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We're going to continue to follow what that impeachment and uh, and what that's going on, but uh, you yeah, know, what's yeah. going on with that. But uh, that that's just, it's the next show, right? It's the next circus. I think it's the a, next distraction. It is. It is because it's a major distraction for, I think, what they're trying to cover up uh, in a lot of respects. Now, that's more way in more ways than one I'm speaking, but I'm only going to talk about what's out and what's public today. And that is now you guys, you guys are probably not going to believe this, but the World Health Organization, they went to Wuhan, China to investigate the origin of who? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They went to the world. They went to the World Health Organization. (laughs) They went to Wuhan to try and find the source of the coronavirus. And they've come back and they've made a they've made a statement on it. They're being public about it. Uh, They they say that they've completely failed to find the source of mm. of corona they, they can't find it anywhere where they admitted access into the laboratory there oh yeah 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 they were they were at the lab and uh-huh. we talked about that last week they were at the lab and they were sitting down with the the lab people and with the chinese communist party 
uh, spokespeople, and they they said they were getting very straightforward answers. So you can bet that that everything they were getting was you know all the all the information they were getting was was accurate. Um, right. But uh, the experts believe the disease, which has killed more than two point three million people, right? It's it's killed t- almost two and a half million people. That thing's killed. They believe that it originated in bats. Uh, and could have been transmitted to humans via another animal. Now, they have ruled out uh, completely. They failed to identify it, but they they say that they've ruled out the Wuhan lab leak theory that was propagated by Donald Trump. That's completely off the table. They say that that's very unlikely. That, well, they said that in one statement, and then they said later that, that, that it's extremely unlikely that it came out of a lab. I mean, we got that going for us. So they go on to talk about how, um, let me see, one of their foreign experts said that uh, identifying the animal pathway remains a work in progress. Uh, and the absence of bats in the Wuhan area dimmed the likelihood of, of direct transmission. They said it was most likely to have come from an intermediary species. He also backed up China's position that there was no evidence of large outbreaks in Wuhan before December when the first official cases were recorded, which oddly enough, I've heard cases going all the way back to like September that year. So I mean, that's, wasn't you know, wasn't one of the the whistleblower doctor that just doctor happened Lee. to die? Um, yeah. Wasn't he talking about the the group chat? Wasn't that from October? Late October, early part of November, some somewhere along in there. And of course, he was a conspiracy theorist. They arrested him and and dragged him into the the local police station there and actually made him sign a confession saying that he wouldn't spread false rumors and incite panic. Now they're saying that now they have they have several different uh, theories here, working theories, because it's a work in progress, you see. They say that animals such as rabbits, ferrets, and bamboo rats could be the intermediary. Uh, Another team member added by saying that they might be an entry point for further investigations. Uh Uh-huh. And why are we supposed to believe them again? Well, they lied to well, us. Well, Bruce, they've uh, said, they've said, they've said that it that it hasn't come from a lab. So the World Health Organization, who's um, you know sided with China during this time, and China has uh-huh. also lied, and people died. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of them. So, so we're supposed to just forget all of that and and say, oh yeah, yeah, you're you're right, WHO, you're you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we trust you. Uh, the Chinese government said when first reporting the virus outbreak in late 2019 that it started when a woman bought and ate a bat at an exotic outdoor food market in the city in Wuhan. Who's the woman uh, they're throwing under the bus? I'm not sure. I'm not a woman. It was just an axe. A what? What? What are we talking about? I don't know. Mar- Marty always talks about a <laughs> pangolin sandwich. It's something might, might have something to do with that. Uh, hey, in well, addition, he and I were there. Yeah, but see, U.S. lawmakers apparently have raised concerns about whether it was leaked from a lab. And of course, we played the uh, the clip here last week of Bill Maher actually raising the question. He says, can't we even talk about the possibility? And the two guests that he had on said, they said, can we not even discuss it? Well, we can discuss it now and we don't have to be ostracized for it. That is indeed true. So yes, it does beg the question as to whether or not. But see, the World Health Organization, they've cleared all this up. They, they've cleared all this up. One of the World Health Organization researchers was British zoologist Peter Daszak, who helped channel federal funding grants 
in 2019 to the Wuhan lab. Huh. Interesting. Uh, in it's addition, not like he would be biased at all, right? No, no, of course not. No, he, he was just no, no, not at all. He was just trying to help here. Uh, he is also the president of the New York based Eco Health Alliance, an organization that bills itself as a global environmental health nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting wildlife and public health from the emergence of disease. Oh, that's a long winded description of a title there. Yeah. Uh, the World Health Organization team is considering several theories, just not the one that seems the most likely, for how the disease first ended up in humans, leading to a pandemic that has now killed, of course, almost two and a half million people. However, the findings suggest that the laboratory incidents hypothesis is extremely unlikely to explain the introduction of the virus to the human population and will not be suggested as an avenue of future study. So they've closed the book on it. They, they've closed the book on it. They've solved it. They, they've solved where it didn't come from. So that's that's the good news. That's the good news. They've solved where it didn't come from. So at least we can take that ex- that conspiracy theory off the table now. I'm glad they're, they're they're so interested in science and finding the facts and the truth that they're willing to look under every stone. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, let, let's get off of that uh, that theory. GP, I haven't actually asked you this yet. Did you watch the Super Bowl? There's a Super Bowl. Yes, GP, I don't know. There was a Super Bowl. There was a Super Bowl. I, I heard there was, uh, but I didn't see it, so therefore it doesn't exist. Well, the uh, the good news is that I mean, you, you should have seen some of these. Tom people. Brady won again. Yeah, but they were they're, they're jumping all over Tom Brady because he wasn't wearing a mask when he came out of the tunnel, and he, you know what's going over here? He wasn't wearing one on the sidelines, and so over here, that's not the issue. Over here, where I live, he's a racist. Oh, really? Is that what they're saying out there? Mm-hmm. They're saying he's a racist out here. Because he, he throw the game. Because he yes. Because he won on uh, Black History Month. You're not. You're not being facetious. You're being. I am not. I wish I was joking. I honestly. I wish I was joking. But it's. I am not. I am completely 100 percent serious on this one. He's a racist because he won as a white man in Black History Month. He should have taken I, a knee. I'm not even sure allowed, I know what to say to that. I. I don't. I. I. I just stopped. I don't even continue the conversation. I had one conversation with it and I was like, you know what? I'll just keep reading the little blogs and notes that everybody's sending out, but I am not going to even bother answering anymore because it's pointless. When you've gotten to that kind of mentality, the reason is gone. What's the point? It's like playing chess with a pigeon. Hmm? Critical thinking is gone at that point. It is. No, no, it is. It is. It's completely gone. It is. I, I, I don't know what's going on with our state anymore. It's you know what I take that back. The vast majority of people are still decent human beings. It's just this very loud, particular groups of people that are having issues. That also happen to be running the country right now as well. Yes, well, they've been running the country for a long time because you got to you remember a governor outranks a president when it comes to individual states. The mayor's above that, and you know you go oh, on. God, and, don't remind me of that. Mm-hmm. But, but in this day and age, yeah, Newsom science be, is yeah, the be best glad. science. You know what? Newsom is probably the one who was over at Wuhan because Newsom science you know, it's, it's is funny real science. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because there were a number of world leaders, I'm not saying Newsom's mm-hmm. a world leader, but there are a number of world leaders that were in Wuhan several months mm-hmm. before all this happened. They just happened to mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. Just because they were bidding on something called Dos Equis, 
virus. Dosakis. not me. <laughs> Dosakis. Dosakis GP, really? All right. Well, anyway, I was talking about the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers there, the Super Bowl game. Mm-hmm. Now, the Tampa Democrat mayor promises to identify and handle maskless Super Bowl fans. She's going to take care of those. She's going to show them. Uh, she says she was speaking at a press conference yesterday. Isn't she the one with the picture of not wearing a mask? That's the one. Yeah, she was actually spotted at the game not saw, wearing a mask. Yeah. Not social distancing, none of that stuff. She was sitting in a crowd of people. They were all wearing masks. She wasn't. Mm-hmm. Tampa Democrat Mayor Jane Castor said that the Tampa Police Department will handle those bad actors who didn't comply with masking regulations. You're going to arrest Governor Ron DeSantis, too. He wasn't wearing a mask. You're going to arrest Tom Brady. He wasn't wearing a mask. You're going to arrest yourself. You're going to turn yourself in. Lady, you weren't wearing a mask. Hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be another Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Or no, it could be a Newsom. I did a very bad thing. Or no, that was Cuomo. Mm-hmm. No, Newsom did that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Newsom. Yeah. The French Laundry. Yeah. 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 I can't. You know, it's so hard because all the all the governors have been doing a very bad thing. It's really hard to you, keep it get it GP, straight. He explained Which that. He explained it. He explained it. GP. He explained it. I made a bad mistake. He explained. Oh, it. there it is. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Everyone knows that simply wearing a mask dramatically reduces the spread of COVID nineteen. She said, surrounded by masked officials. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Might as well have a piece of paper sticking up there off your face. And I'm hey, proud 7%, to say, seven percent. No, no, no. I would say it's about a seven percent. It gives about a seven percent effectiveness. Seven percent is better than zero percent, right? Seven percent, GP. Seven percent. Yeah, no. If both parties are wearing a mask, it gives about a seven percent per, uh, protective rate. Uh, what? What, what about all the? What about all the studies? That they do nothing? It's because it's 93% ineffective. When you tell people 93% ineffective, yeah, that's basically what they should be saying. And what about the the, the fact that like a a piece of paper across your face is not going to stop a a virus particle? Well, as long as you socially distance, it also have to include socially distancing of a space of six feet and make sure there's no air moving between you. And basically, so basically, you're inside a clean room. I was going to say, basically, just, yeah, work in a clean room, positive pressure suits, and, or or yes. in a vacuum. I mean, just, you could just work in outer space. That'd be fine. Yes. That'd be fine. Actually, yeah, you would be perfectly safe against COVID if you worked in a vacuum. That is true. That's true. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. That's true. For the rest of your I life. Mean, you I, tell you what, let, I tell you what, let's just burn off the Earth's atmosphere and then we'll we'll solve COVID, right? We'll just, we'll solve COVID. Yeah. I mean, for the rest of your life, you'd be, you'd be safe from COVID. In fact, you'd be yeah. safe from most diseases for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, you wouldn't have to worry about dying from a disease ever again. That's true. She said that she's proud to say that the majority of individuals that she saw out and about enjoying the festivities associated with the Super Bowl were complying. We, we have to put a disclaimer there um, because people these days aren't really that intelligent, fair it enough. seems. Yeah, fair enough. We're, we're being facetious. Don't work in a vacuum that will kill you. Yes, okay. yes. Yes. So, and, uh, and, don't, and don't, for the love of God, don't put on. I, I saw a guy wearing, <laughs> I saw a guy wearing, so it was a, it, I don't know if, this, if the guy was being serious or not, but I saw it today. It was a video of a guy on public transport, not here. I think it was in the UK. He had a five gallon bucket on his head with part of it across the front cut out with a plastic sheet, like he had put in a, a, like taped a plastic shield in there so he could see. <laughs> and underneath, he had taped like a plastic bag on the inside around the edges that was, you know, draped down and it was taped around his neck. But coming out of the bucket was some like filter <laughs> that he had gotten from uh, like one of these cartridge filters you can buy oh, off yeah, one of these like respirators. The, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it was the most that, ridiculous that's pretty thing. In- innovative. I mean, 
Yeah. That is innovative. So apparently, shift, yeah. apparently he couldn't buy the entire respirator. He, he could only buy the cartridge. So he just glued the cartridge onto the bucket. I mean, innovation, right? Uh, you know, necessity. Unbelievable. And then there was, there was the other one. This woman was wearing like 15 masks on her face and like her ears were like collapsing. It's just it's ridiculous. So ridiculous. Um, she says, you know, we've had tens of thousands of people all over the city, downtown, out by the stadium, Yarbor City, down here in the channel side, and very few incidents. So I'm proud of our community, but those few bad actors will be identified and the Tampa Police Department will handle it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, as far as I know, Florida, Florida doesn't have a mask mandate at all. So how can she sit there and say that? Um, Also, keep in mind when she says a few, the videos I've seen of the few people that weren't wearing masks we're talking hundreds of people that weren't wearing masks or socially distancing. Are you going to go after every single one? Like, you don't have the manpower to go after them. All the people that were there in the videos, various videos I've seen. So, And let's let's be you, clear. The, no. the police have better things to do than that. They have better things to do. They've well, got real crime to go out there and, and take care of. Well, we, we could send the COVID police after him. You know, we, we could create a whole new branch of government that that's all their job is. And you know what would be great about that? If we could let the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and and the Clinton Initiative and the Obama Foundation, if we, if we let them staff them, then well, I, I no, think that would we, be great. We, we've got so many people that are out of work right now because of COVID, right? Businesses having to shut down. Uh, with, with the executive order that Biden uh, put in place, uh, $15 an hour minimum wage for all federal workers. So, you know, you just hire them on. There you go. $15 an hour for them. Uh, you know, it's a good good starting point for them. They get their jobs and uh, we, we have a better society because we're protecting against COVID. Here's the thing. You get um, you get pushed on by all these well, excuse me, how do I say it? These ne'er-do-well intellectuals, right? Or as I like to call a lot of them, fake intellectuals, especially the ones you see on TV, the ones that are up there speaking behind these uh, these bookshelves, you know, and all the rest of it. You, you know the type, right? You know what I'm talking about. And I actually heard this once. They actually have a business in D.C. Like, D.C. is so fake. They have a business in D.C. where you can actually, if you if you want to call yourself intellectual and you want to go on TV and do interviews and all that stuff, you can actually go and buy pre-made bookshelves and put behind you. So you can buy the bookshelves with the books already on. Like they don't actually have, like you could, you could go and you could pull a book off of it and there's nothing. It's just a shell. It's a cardboard shell. Just the, the cover. Just, yeah, just the cover. That's all it is. And that's, great. that's what they do. Oh, it gets even better. It gets even better. There was a Democratic, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm sorry. There was a failed Democratic candidate, uh, Pam Keith. Right, she was doing a promo for her new podcast. And so she was she was on, uh, well, she, yeah, she, she was on social media and she was doing this. And she had this uh, amazing bookshelf behind her. You should have seen all the titles that were on this. And then the curtain blew across and it was a shower curtain that was behind. <laughs> it was nothing but a fake bookshelf on a shower curtain. That's that's what it is. Right. I Wait, mean, that, you, that's what these people do. You don't have your books. You don't have your bookshelves in, in your bathroom. Uh, no, no, I, I can't say that I do. I mean, I have a bookshelf here. I mean, you guys know the kind of reading that I keep. I mean, this is this is good stuff. But I mean, I actually yeah, have yeah. read. But I've read those books. These people, they, they don't even know any of the books they have behind them. You know, I, I look at Dr. Fauci when he does the the reports from his own office. Have you guys seen those? Or he does it for like his home his own home no, office. No, I it is. really don't pay attention. It is the most neat and organized office I have ever seen. Now, for somebody who is an actual 
scientist, someone who's an actual doctor that does research and is digging through white papers and research papers and peer-reviewed papers all the time. GP, an office of a professional, a lifetime professional medical researcher. That's his film location. That's his film location. That's (laughs) his film location and a specific room in his 92-bedroom mansion that he's now able to purchase uh, because of the $4 million he's getting as a... Uh, it's only it's only 3.2. It's only 3.2. Oh, so 3.2 million is all he's getting? That's all that's he's getting this fair, year. That's a consultant. That's all, all he's getting this year. That's oh a fair my gosh. point, by the way. That, that is actually a really fair point because there's so many people that do YouTube videos and actual videos that when you see their actual place uh, that the camera doesn't see, it can be messy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, okay. So fil- filming location. All right. All right, GP. Mm-hmm. You got me on that one. Filming. Like right now, I, my filming location is stellar. This it is. is an awesome it is. That is location to film. That is anything but cleaned up behind you. I can I can assure you that is anything but cleaned mm-hmm. up. Now my place here. Yeah, just outside of my apartment here. Right. So just outside oh, yes, of my yes. just outside. Sorry, just at my my finger got cut off there. Just outside of my residential area here, mm-hmm. where you can get implants over here on the corner. Yeah, that mm-hmm. place. I see you're in Wuhan. Well, yeah, there was a, yeah there was a shooting right here a couple hours ago. So I mean, you need to be careful. But Uh-oh. they got it all a shooting taped a video. Off yeah, they, they got it all mm-hmm. taped off. Yeah, see that. Mm. Uh, yes, so you can get bookshelf shower curtains now, and you can put them up behind you if you're on a uh, Zoom call for whatever, you know, for your business or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I um, don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about getting some of those and putting back there. Maybe put some yeah. RGB lighting on there and stuff, you know. There so you, you go. Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Let's jump over to this. This this is interesting. So Uber. How is Uber doing? I, Bruce, you don't have Uber where you are. Uh, GP, how is Uber doing? Yeah, do. Where Do you have Uber out there? Do you really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's yeah, Uber the one guy? Yeah, it's just the one guy. <laughs> How is Uber doing in Los Angeles? Are they are they busy? Do you know? Do you still see them zipping around? I pay so little attention. I know there's a lawsuit going on. There's a class action against uh, all the company, all the uh, Ubers, Lyfts, all those kind of companies right now. Why? So, I, so it's on the radio and it's on. Uh, Wait a minute, is a this that social media? Is this that contractor thing that they were trying to hit people with? Yes. Yes. Had something. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I you may have money waiting for you. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I, I kind of lost contact with the uh, whole Uber and okay. I don't do Uber Eats or any of that kind of I Yeah. Okay. I can cook. Well, yeah. Yeah. I understand. Uh, well, Uber has been kind of trying to adapt to all of this, this COVID stuff. So, I mean, they've had to change up their business practices a little bit. You had to do the uh, first, you had to wear the mask in the car. You couldn't get in the car. Then it was. Uh, you got to take a mask selfie on the app before the driver will even acknowledge that you need a ride and come pick you up. Next, it was probably going to be the uh, the vaccine thing before you can get in the Uber. Okay, whatever. All right, U- Uber's not a, Uber's not even a thing for me anymore. I don't even think about it anymore. So they can keep it. I, I won't do business um, with them anymore. If their stock is any, um, how well their stock is doing, if that's any gauge of how well the business is going, um, they're actually. It looks like. Uh, about $10 a share, $15 a share more than they were before the pandemic started. Okay. All right. So well, no, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. No, it, it makes sense because if you've got people going here to there, point A to point B during the pandemic, rather than go out and drive their car and risk their own troubles, oh, you know, whatever that might it, be. It tanked though. Their stocks tanked in March Has of last year. March of last year, it tanked. It went from, uh, let's see, February 21st, it was at 40 and at March 20th, it was at 21. But since then, it's kind of, you know, ups and downs. But since the beginning of the, well, since the election, essentially, uh, it started going up at about the election and it's gone up since then. Now it's about 59. So 
Interesting. Okay, well, here's the thing. So, GP, that thing you're talking about with the Uber drivers, that's just in mm-hmm. California, right? The contract. I'm not sure. Thing? I'm not sure. That's just what we're hearing. I'm okay. just what I hear from here. Okay. Well, there's something else that's come out about that. Now, this this is quite this is quite interesting because this is coming from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They are sponsors of this bill. It's called the Pro Act, and this is a labor law that would essentially companies like Uber, they're not the only one, but companies like Uber, they're going to get destroyed under this. As in they're going to be completely knocked out of the box entirely. They're not going to be allowed to operate at all. So what this is, Right. The legislation at the core of this agenda is called the PRO Act, which Democrats just reintroduced with sponsors like Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Now, among many other things, this is going to do a multitude of things, but the bill would severely restrict the legal definition of independent contractors in a way that would largely end the uh, the economy. Well, I mean, like the the, the service the providing economy. economy. Yeah, the gig economy. So basically, if you're an independent contractor of any kind, this is going to kill it. This thing is going to kill it. The legislator's stated intention is to protect workers and bolster their rights under the law. Uh, you got you to protect those unions, man. You got to protect the unions. Exactly. Exactly. Through the reclassification of independent contractors, Democrats hope to force the gig economy companies to hire workers as full employees and thus provide them with accompanying salaries and benefits. So basically, unionize your entire company and then you can operate. So they're forcing it. You talked yesterday, Bruce. That's like them holding a gun to your head. It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. They're destroying your own independent opportunity, but they're not giving you a replacement for it, a viable alternative. They're forcing you to take something else. Yeah, like what if I didn't want to go work that day? As an independent contractor, I can be like, I don't want to work that day. Try to do that as an employee. Right. Completely different. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you're still free to say that. Yes, you're free to say that, but you can't do anything. Well, yeah, you could not show up for work. I mean, you still Mm -hmm. have the choice of not showing up for work. It's just you may not have a job the next day. Mm -hmm. The advantage of independent contractors is you just have a, you know, you just blast out and say, hey, I've got a job. Like, I need a painter. And you blast it out to whatever network and a hundred painters respond. And you go, okay, you you can do it. You know, painter 99 does it. Great. The painter 99 is happy because he knows exactly what he's going to get paid. And he goes, you know what? I'm willing to work for that and I can do that. It's not like as an independent contractor, you're being you can only get paid this and you can and you have to do the work. No, you have the choice. You get to accept that job or you don't. If you don't feel it's I've done independent work, good Mm -hmm. portion of my life. And I'll tell you, there's contracts. I get contracts across all the time. I say, you no, 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 not enough. No. I have the power to say no, but when you yeah, go work for somebody, right say no. it should be your right to say when no. You go, yeah, you're right to say no. But when you work for somebody, you don't even have the opportunity to go work for competition because they can say no compete clause. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're only limited to that one company because now that company hired you, they control you. There's another side of this coin. It's, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. Listen to uh, those listen people to, that love freedom. Yeah. Listen to how she frames this. Right. Th- this is this is beyond despicable. Listen to this. This is a quote. She says the men and women of labor. She's talking about unions are the backbone of our economy and the foundation of our strength, which, by the way, they've sold out the unions. OK, for, for those that for those that don't know, they've sold out the unions. Ask every single worker or potential worker that was going to be on the Keystone Pipeline. I know people on that that were on that project personally, and they've now lost whatever work they were going to have that would take them to retirement. How's that for American working families? How's that for the uh, uh, the men and women of labor? There were women that were working on that job too. 
With American workers seeing their lives and livelihoods devastated by the ongoing pandemic and economic crisis, uh, that's because you're keeping everything closed, lady. No, the she's right. She's right. There is an ongoing pandemic. It's not COVID-19. It's called government. Oh, it's a government. Yeah, it's a government. You're absolutely right. The reintroduction of the PRO Act is more important than ever. Also, yes, it's more important than ever that we actually destroy businesses. Yeah, it's more important than ever that we destroy people's opportunity to do everything what GP just said. I'm proud to join my colleagues in introducing this legislation to put more money in the pockets of hardworking Americans, creating a foundation that provides livable wages to our families. That's Schumer. Schumer said that. You're proud to join your colleagues in introducing legislation to put more money in the pockets of hardworking Americans? So what, the people that are doing the gig economy, the ones that are independent contractors, they're not hardworking Americans too? And it's this right here, these people are, these people are sick. It's also tax control. When a business, when you have employees, it's easier to control the taxes to go back into their coffers. Yeah. And that that was actually my first thought was, well, you want you want to put more money into my my pocket. OK, quit taxing me so much. So basically what they're doing, they're mirroring the bill that was in California, which is AB5. So I, I think that's the one that's out there that's uh, that's uh, got all this mixed up. But now they're looking at it on the national scale. So let's look at what this would do. You're literally you're outlawing millions of jobs at the stroke of a pen. That's all you're doing here. That's that's literally what you're doing here. The PRO Act would outlaw millions of existing jobs with the stroke of the president's pen. After all, it would make illegal any independent contractor arrangement where the worker provides services within the usual course of the business of the employer, meaning jobs like Uber drivers, DoorDash drivers. Insta yeah, go ahead, Bruce. All right, go ahead. Okay, I'll put a finer point on it. Instead of listing the companies, I'll list how many is the estimated numbers in the U.S. 57 million are gig economy workers. 57. That's about a third, more than a third, 36%. That's more than a third of our workforce is in the gig economy. And you're just going to destroy those jobs by, by when you click. <laughs> They're only going to destroy half of, half of them. It's just 26 million that they're going to destroy. Well, you said 52 million, right? Uh, 57, yeah. So oh. it's going to destroy those jobs because, uh, number one, you, you bring them on to, um, into your business, right? And start pay them, paying them a salary or hourly or whatever and giving them benefits and all that. That is expensive. That is very expensive for that business. That's a truck driver. Look at truck drivers. I'm an independent truck. Okay, say I had my... GP, you're a truck driver? Really? No, no, no. I'm just saying, no, no. I, I, I could say I was, but I'm not. My, my class A is long gone. But say I had my own rig and I want to go work for, you know, some company's like, hey, I need a driver, owner yep. operator. I want to go. Yeah. That's, it's not an independent contractor. That is. They'll shoot me contractor. out. They'll, they'll shoot me out of 1099. I mean, some of the companies yep. will shoot you out of 1099. Yeah. You know, instead of like a contract load, like if you're running a load, you know, they're a little more complicated than just saying it's contract work. But yeah, but some of them do that. They'll just, they'll get 1099 out for a run, or, you know, a load, whatever, from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to be able to do that? No, 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 apparently not. And this is actually, this is going to hit the lower end. I mean, those are some of the higher end jobs in that particular field. But that but is really gonna, high end. And that's what is. they all, everybody relies on those, especially like a short haul, you know, if they're yeah. doing, you know, something local. Yeah. You get these little gigs, you look at little 1099 gigs and... Yeah. The supply chain, though, I mean, this, this is the bigger picture no one's really paying attention to. The supply chain has already been hammered because of COVID. We're trying to do stuff here and get things off the ground and get the ball rolling somewhere, but we can't do anything because of the damn supply chain and the logistics supply line has been shut down. 
because of all this stuff. This is what it's going to do. This is going to hurt the people at the small end, too, at, at the lower end of this. So Uber drivers, DoorDash drivers, Instacart grocery deliveries, uh, and more could just be wiped out. And on top of that, here's something else. Amazon drivers. Amazon drivers might be wiped out, too, right? That's the third many party. Of, yeah, That's many, independent. Of them, many of them that, that well, the, the guy we talked to, he's, yeah. uh, it's contract. Yeah, it's yep. contract work. Well, they're going to replace that anyway. Uh, the Amazon stuff, it'll just be drones. Yeah, they're, they're working on that now. Uh, they're, that's all in testing. Uber alone, right? Just this company employs more than 1 million drivers just in the US, just in the US. So it's, it's possible that if this passes, every single one of those people would lose their jobs. Every single one. So we're not talking about 70,000 jobs here just on Keystone. We're talking a million people would lose their jobs because of this. And it'd be one thing, it'd be one thing if they had something else, again, as you were saying, Bruce, to replace it with, but they don't. They don't. Again, it's this. They're literally holding a gun to people's heads. Unionize or be shut down. That's how sick this is. Doesn't it kind of... I know we we, we said uh, you got to protect the unions, but I'm thinking it's a little bit more nefarious than um, unions, just, just could helping be. them out. It could I, be, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not ba- I'm not sitting here bashing unions. I, I'm not doing that. Because no, I'm, I, I'm saying it's worse than that. I'm, I'm saying it's Great Reset. It's going to destroy the economy and have people living mm-hmm. off of the UBI that the government's experimenting with. And you just have to go on welfare. If you can't get another yeah. job, if you wipe out 57 million jobs. What do you what sector do you go to if you were a gig worker? Let's say you were a, a truck driver or an Uber driver or wh- where do you go from there? Welfare recipient. Well, it, it's easy, Bruce. You just go to uh, what John Kerry say? Uh, wind and solar jobs. J- just go to those. Those are those are plentiful. Yeah, you can go get one of those. That's fine. Okay, I actually looked into trying to get into there because I wanted to do my own solar. Uh huh. Just to get the education. Uh huh. It is much harder than John Kerry says it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, just I mean, that's all you got to do. Especially well, GP, if you're just one of these oil pipeline workers, yeah, that just mm-hmm. got fired and mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to do, you're probably going to lose your house and your cars and yeah. Because in those locations, there's so many wind generators. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So gener- just all, they, those there are jobs that they can go to. I mean, they're only going to pay. Mm-hmm. Less than a third of what you would normally mm-hmm. make, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're there. Instead of making over a hundred thousand dollars a year working on the the Keystone deal, then you can go and do wind and solar, and you can make thirty thousand, and yeah, you'll be fine. Okay. Well, what we should do is you lower all the salaries for all the politicians to you know average nothing. salaries. Nothing. To basically nothing. Nothing. And you know, if they don't like it, they can just go get another job. That's true. Right. Honestly, they, they are not. Know. They're not really supposed to have much of a salary in the first place, because here's the thing. This is the God's honest truth. This is how it's supposed to work. We've discussed this before in the past off and on, but these people don't need to be in D.C. unless they're actually voting on something. They don't need to be there. All this stuff about them having two and three houses and and Bernie's private islands and 15 cars and whatever the hell he's got. Those people aren't supposed to be there unless they're voting on something. They're supposed to be in their districts working a regular job, whatever that is. Doesn't matter. Or running a business or anything else like that, whatever. They're supposed to be in their districts working. Here's what we ought to do. Here's what we ought to do. If they're going to wall off D.C., if they're going to wall off the Capitol, how about this? How about this? How about 535 people? That's what we have. 535 people on the Hill. 100 senators, 435 representatives in Congress. Okay, we can secure a digital vote for 535 people. We can sort that one out. Now, 350 million, different story. But we can secure 
535 people voting digitally, meaning we can shut down the Capitol conveyance. We can allow these people to legislate from their districts. Look at these people's districts. A lot of them, not all of them, not all of them. Nancy Pelosi, right? I'm just going to pick some of the prominent names here. Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Dianne Feinstein, Chuck Schumer of New York. Look at these districts that these people come from. Look at their districts. They're hell holes. They should live. They, they should be required to live in their exactly, district. exactly. They need to you be living district, and working. You need to live in that district. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. They need to be living and working and voting, legislating from their district. That's what they need to be doing. Not up there in D.C. on the hill, having fifteen houses and whatever in the hell it is they're doing. They need to be in their districts because you know what? When was the last time do you think Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi doesn't even live in her district? She doesn't even live there. She might have a residence there, but she doesn't live there. She lives up in Pacific Heights. Mm -hmm. it, uh, so why don't we just um, make them telecommute like they've made us the last year? Right. They could, oh, no, they're in government. They're in government. teach our children over the Internet. Yeah. They should be able to legislate over the Internet. Now, let me ask you guys. OK, so that, that being said, House Democrats are now demanding that Parler reveal their list of backers. What? Parler, the social media network that got shut down, mm -hmm. you know, with with all of us, you yeah. know, we just got arbitrarily banned and shut down. Yeah. House Democrats reveal Parler reveal their list of backers. Do you think that's all right? No, no. <laughs> it's a rhetorical no. question. <laughs> no, it's just no. They're a private company. They don't have to show that. If you want that information, get a warrant. Yeah. First and foremost, in order to get a warrant, believe me, I've applied to get warrants before many of them. In order to have a warrant, you have to have probable cause. That's the first thing. They have no probable cause. None. Just use FISA. Oh, FISA. Yeah, okay. Like they did with the, uh, the, the uh, what was it, the, the fake FBI garbage. They took mm -hmm. that piece of crap. The FBI took that to the FISA courts 17 <laughs> times before they would actually say yes. Okay. And they, you didn't say yes lied. the first time? Yeah, they lied every single time. Mm -hmm. And finally, the FISA court finally got tired and said, oh, you know what? Just here it is. Ridiculous. Representative Carolyn Maloney. Democrat from New York, surprise, surprise, chair of the House Oversight Committee, has asked the social media site Parler to release the names of their investors and creditors. Well, gee, why ever would you need that information? In a letter to yeah, the COO of Parler, uh, she wrote, in the weeks leading up to the assault on the Capitol on January 6th, Parler users actively took to the platform to call for violence and even civil war. A recent analysis by USA Today shows a strong connection between President Trump's speech at the January 6th rally and a significant upticks in calls for violence on Parler. Oh, because USA Today said it. That's one of the official fact checkers. By the way, that's another one of the papers that the Chinese Communist Party takes a lot of ads out on. Just saying. Let me explain how Parler works when it comes to communicating. OK, yes, you can post things out there and you can create the little hashtags and it allows it to go out on people's feeds that search for that hashtag and get in on that conversation. Yes, but that is public. The organization of what you're talking about comes from direct messages or group messages. You can't organize through a massive uh, news feed thing because not everybody's going to see it. You can get some people on it, but not everybody. And believe me, the hashtag system for Parler, it's crap. It's crap. It doesn't really work. No offense to them. It's an upstart. So I don't expect it to be state of the art. Sometimes it works. But quite frankly, I've tried to use it to tag some of our podcast material, and it hasn't worked for almost six months. Twitter, it works just fine. But here's the other thing that they're not talking about with Parler. In order for you to have private conversations, direct messages, whatever you want to call them, in order to have those 
in order to have messaging on Parler, you have to be a verified user. And there are not a lot of verified users on Parler. There are some, but not everybody. I mean, I'm a verified user. I was wanting direct messaging on Parler, and I couldn't until I, had, until I became a verified user. So I had to do it if I wanted to access that feature. But see, on Twitter, anybody can DM everybody, and it's all happy and cute and whatever, and you don't need verified accounts or anything like that. But see, in Parler, you had to have that. But what they're not talking about here is the fact that Facebook was actually used to organize what was going on on January 6th as the head platform. No one wants to talk about that. What, it was all done on the... You're, you're trying to tell me that it was all done on one platform. I know people that were there on January 6th. They were not even anywhere near the group of people that went in. In fact, they were back on the other side of the... Uh, what is it? Like the, the pool or the pond or whatever it is right there and you know coming down off the steps. They were all the way back there. Now... Here's what's interesting about that. They are not on Parler. They don't even know what the hell Parler is. They're on Facebook. They were posting their activity on Facebook. And you know what happened to them? Again, they weren't involved in any of the conversations or anything that was going on on Facebook, I might add. But simply by them being there, simply by them being there, their account was frozen for seven days because they were there, which shows you that they're tracking, the, they're geolocating their users finding out where they were, looking at their information or having an algorithm go in and, and look at that information. And then they're arbitrarily shutting them down based on that. D does anybody see a problem with this? Business as usual. Nothing to see here. We're, we're creating a safer society. So, you know, exactly. You know. If you have nothing to hide, then what are you worried about? Yeah. I've been saying that to you for years, GP. <laughs> Mister, I have uh, 15 uh, Amazon speaking devices in my home and uh, I've got one in the bathroom just for good measure. I just want someone to pay attention to me. That's all it is. I know. You're just misunderstood. <laughs> yes, I know, GB. I just want to be listened to by everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Immediately after President Trump exhorted his supporters to show strength during his speech, the term mm. civil war surged into one of the top five most frequently used terms on Parler. One user wrote, be men and fight back. F them up. Civil war is upon us. Uh, okay. Is it entirely possible that that could have been... Uh, investigate that person. Is it entirely possible that that person could have been a plant? Is that is that not even a, a possibility They could here? be just a crazy Or a crazy uh, nut job? Yeah. yeah, a crazy nut job. Couldn't have been that. I you mean, have to investigate. As an investigator, you have to investigate all that. See, these people up on there on the Hill, these, these elected politicians, they don't know anything about investigating anything. Nothing. They're politicians. They're not investigators. They don't have any experience in, in understanding how people operate. None of it. To be fair to uh, the Civil War stuff, technically we're in a cold Civil War if you look at what the Democrats are doing to conservatives. We're in an information Civil War. That's what's yeah. happening at the yeah. moment. At the moment. We've been in an information Civil War for a long time. She cited the fact that many parlor users were arrested following the Capitol Hill riot. Well, how do they know that they were there? Mm. And many parlor, um, parlor doesn't have geolocating. Facebook and, no, yeah. yeah. And many Facebook and Twitter users were also arrested. So huh. she also claimed that the platform allowed Russian disinformation to spread during the 2020 election campaign. Russian dis we're back to the Russians again. We're back to the Russians again. I know. You we found out how much they people spent, people by the way, on Facebook ads. It's $45,000. Exactly. Can, yeah. Can, can't you people come up with something better than this cartoon level stuff at this point? Can't you come up with something better? Individuals with ties to the January 6th assault should not and must not be allowed to hide behind the veil of anonymity provided by shell companies. Shell companies? Shell huh. companies? I don't know. Parler was a shell company. It's not a shell company. She doesn't even know what the hell a shell company is. I realize that. Literally, Parler exists to give you freedom of speech on the 
digital world. But but see, that's just it. That's just it. Through all of this, whether it's the election stuff, whether it's the capital stuff, and you call out things for what they what they are or whatever, if you even propose an opposing idea, they have to shut that down. That alone, that alone should tell you, that should speak volumes, and it should tell you that they are in the wrong. Because if they are in the right about something, they should welcome the debate. They should welcome the dialogue so they can prove their point and make their case. But they have none of that. They have none of that. So they have to shut um, it down. Uh, the safer society we're creating, we can't We can't have free thinkers. We can't That's have true. people that that can critically think. We can't have that. Which, by the way, you actually – she's making references here to all this stuff. The timelines, you went over the timelines and we were going – I think you were going off of the USA Today timeline, which she yes, actually mentions USA that Today as – Yeah, she time. mentions that as a, an independent, reliable fact checker in this letter that she sent to the COO of Parler. You said the timelines don't even match up. Yeah, so basically, if you were to do the most conservative, right, numbers and say Trump's speech ended – in time for them to get to when the when the violence happened and when Trump's speech ended, really, depending on which one you look at, there's a 20 minute gap there. Right. So Trump was still speaking for 20 minutes before any of the, the actual protesters were there. There was violence already going on at that point, you know, 20 minutes in. Uh, but if you were to do the most conservative ones, right, or, or generous, if you will, uh, the most generous numbers there, you could say that Trump's speech ended and the violence started. You know, where when he said you should peacefully protest, you know, peacefully have your voice heard. It was close to two miles away. Two it miles. down at the ellipse. Yeah. So I think it's like 1.8 or 1.9 miles, something mm -hmm. like that. So close to two miles. It's basically where the White House is across the street. That's the ellipse. So basically, uh, even the world's fast runner currently couldn't make that distance in time to get to the Capitol and cause the violence there. Doesn't play. It, it just doesn't play. No, doesn't work. All right. Uh, last point here. Andy, no. I ordered his book. I'm looking forward to it uh, as soon as it gets here. You're not going to believe the LA Times have done a review of his book. Now, he's going around and, and promoting this. For those that don't know, Andy, no, editor at large of the Post Millennial. He is, quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, he's not the only one. There's, there's a couple others, but he is one of the, indeed, as far as I'm concerned, one of the true journalists out there of actually going through and exposing Antifa specifically, specifically going through and, and actually tracking this group, infiltrating this group and exposing these people for what they really are. It's phenomenal work this guy does. I mean, th this stuff's amazing. Now, he's not the only one. Elijah Schaefer is another one. He actually has gone undercover into the Antifa organizations, gone out there on the streets, just as Andy Noah's done. Also, Project Veritas, again, they do fantastic work. So look up those three people. But Andy, no, I'm going to stick with him here on this one because we've been talking about him lately. We've been talking about him because of his book that's coming up. And I'm really excited about his book. The LA Times did a review of his book and you are not going to believe what they said about him. You're not going to believe this. But they loved it, right? They thought it was <laughs> fantastic, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they loved it. They gave a review on his book on the Antifa violence and they've compared it to they've uh, I kid you not. They've compared Andy No a guy that's gone through and exposed Antifa and all of their violent antics over the last, hell, I don't know, five, six years. They've compared him to the Nazi propaganda chief, Joseph Goebbels. You could not make that up. You could not make that up. The op-ed that was put out was called Andy Knows Book Still Pretends, pretends that Antifa is the real enemy. Do you hear this? Do, do you hear this? 
By the way, there was a bombing over here where I'm at. There was a bombing over here last week. And oh, man, those right wing extremists, right? All oh, those crazy, those crazy wound up lunatics. Uh uh-uh, uh, was Antifa. Once they figured out that it was Antifa, oh, they squashed that story by by six o'clock. Yeah. What was it over here? We, we haven't even seen anything on it over here. Of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. What was it Antifa was doing the other day? They were marching through D.C., through the streets of D.C. And what were they saying? I, I couldn't quite make it out. Mm-hmm. We want freedom or, or something. Was that was that it? Uh, it was it was uh, hope and change. Uh, hope yes, and change. Was, uh, yeah, yeah, we we yeah. want the Constitution. We want the Bill of Rights. Is that what Antifa yeah, was saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, actually, uh, I believe they were saying um, burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. And on election day, they were marching through the streets of Portland saying "F Biden." We don't want Biden. We want retribution. That's yeah. Peaceful that's group. that's a yeah. It's a peaceful group, all right. And and the man that goes through risks his life. He's had to flee the United States. He's in London because of death threats. He can't even he actually he had to flee America. He had to flee the United States. Do you know his parents fled? A backstory on him. His parents actually fled Southeast Asia because of the communists. He went to America. His family went to America so they could be free of the of this trash. And he he does research into this group. He he's fighting the same group of radical extremists that threatened his family that his family fled. He's carrying on in that tradition in true journalist fashion, I have to say. But he gets called, <laughs> he gets compared to the chief propagandist under the Nazi regime. Are you serious? Isn't it? Uh, isn't it also you? You say a lot, a lie loud enough, long enough, people truth. believe it. That was actually Goebbels that said something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The author Alexander uh, Nazaryan. Uh, I, I think that's how you say his name, called Andy No's book on the radical anti-fascist movement supremely dishonest, supremely dishonest. So the guy that went undercover multiple times in Antifa, you know, in, in their organization and sat in their meetings is OK. But it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He goes on to say this, and I'm quoting. He says, every act of violence by Antifa is described so meticulously that Herr Goebbels would have been proud. Are you hearing this? Isn't that journalism? Like describing an event as it happened and giving details on the event that happened, and then Uh you come to your own conclusion? If you came to the conclusion that it was propaganda or that, that, you know, or whatever, then maybe if he's telling the truth, maybe maybe there's... um, I don't know, maybe Antifa is not as rosy as you thought they were. He goes on to say that maligning the opposition was central to the Nazi strategy, and it is critical to today's far-right extremists. I have the perfect gift idea for him, a mirror. That's what you need here. That's really what you need here. Uh, He goes on to say that it appears that, listen, listen to this, it appears that Andy Noe's intention here is to run a diversionary tactic for Patriot Prayer and other groups that are far more dangerous than their leftist counterparts. Do, do you hear the polarization that's taking place here? Patriot prayer. Patriot prayer. Yeah, patriot oh. prayer. That okay. That's a far-right extremist organization, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly, they, they, it sounds like they believe in the United States or, or whatever country they originate from and are religious. So clearly... They're extreme radicals. What I find fascinating is that the person that wrote this op-ed, and he goes on to do all this stuff, and he's talking about, he says, uh, the false flag, false equivalence manifesto, 
uh, it's, it's not a serious book, saying it's nothing of the sort because uh, Andy knows prominence is evidence that false flags will continue to be planted, sometimes not on the very same soil where violent reactionaries have spilled America. Give me a break. Th- th- this guy is a loser. People like this, they're so disconnected from reality and history, for that matter. Does this guy even know the origin of Antifa? See, people probably think this this guy right here probably thinks that Antifa is what Joe Biden said. Oh, that's an idea. That's an idea, man. Come on, man. That's an idea. Or as Jerry Nadler said, as Jerry Nadler said, that's a myth. That's a myth. Oh, is it a myth? Okay. But more than that, does he even know? Okay, let, let's say, let's just say for the fact that he doesn't believe that. Okay, let, let's just say for the sake of argument, he doesn't believe that. Does he know the origins of Antifa? Does he know where they come from? Does he know how they started? Bruce, you and I have gone over those old historic photos. Antifa is nothing new. It's nothing new. It's 100 years old. Easily 100 years old. I think he knows exactly where they came from, who they are. I'm too cynical to, to believe that a journalist or, or uh, whatever position this dude had, it's an op-ed in it, so he's, he's not necessarily a journalist. No, he, he full well knows who Antifa is. He, he understands. I can't give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, if this person were serious, if any person that were that were if any so-called journalist were actually serious, then don't you think that they would shout down all extremists, all of them, all sides, every single point, whether it's far right, far left, doesn't matter. I don't care. Right? I, I don't play the, the right and left game. But don't you think that if we actually had a problem with extremism in a society from one end to the other, don't you think that if somebody actually believed in the fairness that they're promoting and the equality that they're promoting and the justice that they're promoting, don't you think they should shout it down from all sides instead of just one or the other? As I said, Mr. No there, he's been following that group for quite some time. And to be honest with you, I've been following a lot of his work and as well as the other groups that have been out there. And you know, I am somebody that understands what extremism and authoritarianism, dictatorships and everything else. I mean, I understand what that stuff looks like. I know people that have grown up under it. I know how that stuff emerges. I know how it ends. I know what societies go through. I know what populations have to deal with under those types of totalitarian rules. So I can see these things coming a mile away. There is a far right group in the U.S., but they are not anywhere near as prominent or as organized as Antifa. They're called Boogaloos, right? That's the far right group. Well, I wouldn't say they're far right. They're anarchists, just the same as Antifa. The uh-huh. difference is, is they believe they are an ex- they are an extremist capitalist. group. They're an extremist group, but I won't say I can't really say that they're right leaning, if you will, okay. by American standards. Okay. Well, anyway, my I guess the point I was trying to make was is if we're calling a spade a spade here, if we're calling out extremist groups, then you got to lump them in there because they are an extremist group, and they say that they work with they will work with Antifa as what'd you say accelerationists. To kind of basically yeah. further things along. Yeah, okay. You have and them and BLM. Okay, so you have these groups. I'm seeing a more prominent militant wing on the ideological left than I am on the ideological right. Now, I'm as again, I'm not playing sides here. I will call extremist groups out when I see them, whatever side they come from. But I'm seeing, how do I put it? I'm seeing a lopsided view here. That's what I'm seeing. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, uh, we are going to have to jump out of here. We're uh, we're out of time today. I would normally promote our uh, our parlors. I mean, if parlor comes back up, uh, we would uh, we would be happy about that. But uh, apparently, they might have to turn over some of their financial records, according to this House committee member, whatever the hell her name is. But uh, anyway, if parlor does come back up, 
uh, we would appreciate a follow over there. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. But we are promoting our Telegram channel. We do have a public channel over there. We would highly recommend all of you download Telegram, get registered, search for us over there, search for Dynamic Independence. We'll pop right up or public channel. Click join. You will get all of our podcasts we put out every day. Plus, we will be doing an exclusive podcast once a week that you'll be able to hear. And we might possibly have GP on the exclusive this week. Not sure yet. GP, will you be on the exclusive this week? Good likelihood. Good likelihood. Okay. Join us over on Telegram. Uh, we would appreciate your uh, uh, your joining over there as well. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you could give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen, that'll do it for the evening. I want to thank you guys for being here tonight. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.